um, as soon as he did that, the dog started whining. Oh, he knows. Yeah, he knows it's starting. Mm. That's okay. Connor, we love you. Happy adoption day. <laughs> um, thank you for your input. <laughs> and please uh, refrain from being too upset. We're just right over here, baby. It's okay. <laughs> Um, so I have Corinne Kalaski mm-hmm. here, who is um, my wonderful coworker at Aww. Beyond Words. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not Beyond Words to do that. Publishing. You can do whatever you want. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, she brought the beer. Um, I did. Yeah. What What is this? Tell us what it is. Oh, it is a Riverbend. It's called uh, Life's a Peach and Then You Die. It's their peach milkshake IPA. It's and very it's real good. Yep. <laughs> so. Um, that's the best way to get into my heart is to bring beer. Mm-hmm. And you were there already, so it's oh, fine. Oh, thank no. you. I feel the same way about you. Oh, my God. Aww. Okay, so Sorry. we're here to t- <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're talking about publishing. Um, and I am, a, uh, I am a little baby publishing person. And uh, Corinne has been doing it for a while in That's multiple true. cities. Yes. And for big publishing companies, yes. which is very exciting for someone over in Portland to mm-hmm. hear about because most of the stuff we have here is pretty small potatoes, but interesting, yes. but innovative and also not, um, I don't know, Corporate? affiliated with, di- yeah, yeah. <laughs> gigantic, it, owned by CBS. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so why don't you start mm-hmm. with uh, telling us why you got into publishing in the first place and oh, sure. where it all began. Yes, well... It all began in Scranton, Pennsylvania on the fifth day of September, 1979. Um, So I would say growing up, I was a shy child, which I think is why I gravitated towards books. What? Yeah, it's crazy. No, I've never heard that story before. No, Um, but I spent many an afternoon during the summer in the library reading my books. Um, And I think it probably started when I was a kid. Um, and it kind of just grew from there. And I think like when you're a kid who grows up with like not a ton of friends and you're kind of shy and you're lonely, like you develop this kind of like sentiment, not even sentimental. I think it was like a real attachment to like books because they're your friends when you don't have other friends. That sounds really pathetic. No, it's that's true. like that whole um, whatever the 150 people that human beings mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember the Dunbar number. I think it's called. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's like you can only have 150 people in your sphere, and now they're saying that like TV characters mm-hmm. and social media people and um, book characters, yeah. probably in this case, mm-hmm. it's it's real. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then, yeah, that makes me feel slightly better. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah. So I just think like I, you know, ever since then, I was like in love with books, and I was just like the older I got, I was like, uh, I kind of decided that I wanted to uh, go into publishing. So I did, um, well, I should say, so I went to college in Seattle and I was a political science major because at the time I was very conservative. So I grew up with very conservative Catholic parents and uh, I became a political science major because I wanted to turn progress back many, many years. Oh, oh, you wanted to to convince everyone that your way was better. Right, exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I did that, um, and then as the years ticked by, I was like, you know, I'm not really interested in politics anymore, Um, So, because this is all bullshit. I don't really believe the stuff I was raised on. Anyway, so then I graduated with a totally useless political science degree that I did not use at all. And um, I just kind of like got had a bunch of like administrative jobs basically like around Seattle 
And um, I started like reading up on publishing and I got an internship with a literary agent there. And I got to do like reader reports and I got to read all these manuscripts and it was super fun. And I was really excited about it. And I was like, oh, like this is what I think I want to do like with my life. So were you one of the, did you start out thinking you were going to be an editor? Yes, definitely. Okay. And I assume everyone kind of does. I th- yeah, that's right? what I, that's It's like you want to be presume. a tastemaker. Yeah, of yeah. course. Because like that's what everybody wants to do. Um, so anyway, so I interned for him and it was just like a boutique agency. So it was just like him basically running the show. Um, but I feel like I learned a lot and it was really fun. And I did, I mean, I was like an inch, so I was didn't get paid or anything, but I did it like on the side. Um, and then I researched, uh, like the Columbia publishing course and then YU publishing course. Uh, And I was kind of like, you know what, if I really want, I'm serious about this, I should move to New York and take one of these courses. So I um, uh, applied for both of them, and I got into both of them, and I chose Columbia. Yeah. So um, I went to – yeah, so I moved to New York with, like, two suitcases and nothing else, and I didn't know anybody there. I mean, that's all you can fit in an apartment, right? Pretty much. (laughs) That's true. That's true. So, yeah, so I flew there. And with my two suitcases. Actually, I had four because my mom brought two of them, too. So I had four suitcases total. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah. So the Columbia program was like six weeks long. So we lived in the dorms at Columbia, which was like fine for most of the people in the course because they were all they just like finished college so they were all like 21 so they were used to it they They were used to it yeah yeah. and so I but I was 25 so I'd been like living on my own for like a while so that was a little bit of a regression (laughs) back to dorm life I can't imagine yeah which was not great but whatever it was six weeks it was fine um and I feel like New York was like you know I was 25 it was like very exciting I was like oh my god like I've wanted to be here all my life and I'm finally here and I felt like Mary Tyler Moore like throwing my hat up your hat in I there? did not throw my hat uh, up, but I definitely like felt that it's way. like running up the stairs in Philadelphia. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so anyway, so I did the course, which was very, um, I think it was like a good entree into the world of publishing. I don't feel like it's necessary to get a job, like an entry level job there at all. I don't think it is, hmm. but I think me coming from the West coast, like having gone to a state school. I mean, everybody I was in that course with went to like a really like private elite, like Sarah Lawrence or something oh, like that. Yeah. So I was sort of like, Ugh. um, and I think a lot of it too was like connections and all that kind of stuff. And this was valuable in the sense that I like networked and whatever. And you right. met like people who were like the best in the industry, like the, you know, sales people, like sales directors at random house and like editors. Wow. Or whatever. Well, they were like, all giving talks. Yeah, the program exactly. So yeah. they would come, they would bring authors into like Sarah Vowell came in and oh, like hey. did a talk. Yeah. Cool. So there was like, a lot of uh, really heavy hitters like in the publishing world and authors and stuff who would come to the panels and you would talk to them and like, you know, like hobnob with them and you felt like very important, which is important when you're 25. Yeah. So (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So you went through the six weeks and then you, did you get a job right away? I did, which was, and see the whole, like the appeal to me of the Columbia course, apart from the fact that I thought it had a lot of cachet because it's Columbia. So like to me, like being a state college girl, I was like, oh my God, Columbia. (laughs) Um, So yeah. So uh, I mean, basically they advertise their job placement rate being like 99%. I remember looking at that and thinking, okay, well. Sorry, Ooligan. Yeah. But um, if this doesn't work out, maybe I can just do this program real yeah. quick and meet yeah. some people. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, also house and husband and, and dog yeah. makes it like, I need to get a job right, here. Of 
but yeah, yeah I remember yeah. reading that and being very impressed yeah so you got a job I got a job right like two away. weeks after yeah like I've completed the course so it was for like a really small book PR agency um so when it was like I mean it was very small which meant that like you know it was like a sort of trial by fire kind of thing and I had oh. no idea what I was doing oh like they only gave you a certain amount of time and said if you suck you have to leave or like no just sort of like there was no no one there to show me how to do the job it was just kind of like uh. oh here's here's what we think you do so why don't you just do this so it's kind of scary um <laughs> But it was fine. Uh, so I did that just for like a few months. And then I was kind of like, you know, I feel like I moved here to be like to work for a big publisher. So I should like maybe apply for jobs with big publishers. So I did. Uh, and I very happily got a job working for HarperCollins. Uh, wow. Yeah. So I started in there. I was like a publicity assistant um, in their publicity department obviously of uh, the Collins imprint, which is sadly no more, um, but it was like a oh. nonfiction imprint. Um, so, and I worked on a bunch of different books. I remember I was just thinking about this the other day. I worked on this book called disapproving rabbits, what? which was like a blog, I think that they turned into a book, like just when people had started was that doing like that in kind of thing. Yeah. That was, it was like, like 2007 2000... or yeah, so, I was something gonna like say, that, 2006. That whole Julie, Julia period or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I did that. But then I also worked on books like, uh, there was this book called how the States got their shapes. I remember that. Which is now a television show on the discovery channel. Oh, hey. Hell yeah. So. You must be very proud of that. I was very proud of that. I got like um, a review in the Wall Street Journal, which was like for a publicity assistant was like a big fucking Wait, deal. so you were the one responsible yeah. for actually getting right. that review in the. Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. Which Good was, job. Yeah. Which was super <laughs> awesome. And it's like, it was tough because I feel like, you know, a lot of the books that they give junior level people are like not, they don't have many expectations for it. Well, I should say the company doesn't have expectations for it. The author has high expectations for every, every single book. Yeah. Yeah. So that Here you go publishing company. Uh -huh. I don't care what happens. <laughs> it's true. Um, so I think, but I think that job really prepared me too for like dealing with authors and like learning how to sort of navigate, you know, their expectations um, and anxiety and anxieties and, and sort of hold their egos, hands. I don't know. Yeah. And maybe some egos, a little bit. Little, yeah. Some egos thrown in there. Yep. Yep. Um, but uh, I think it was a good sort of like, uh, I mean, beginning sort of into that world. And I had like, a really gay, great boss who is at Simon & Schuster now, actually. Oh, hey. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. 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 So he's like, he heads up like Adria right now. He's like director of publicity there. That's right. So, I know. And, and so like, every time you send out an all yes, concern, it goes like... to him. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Look how far I've come. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but it was, I mean, I was there for two and a half years and I would say it was a really good experience. I was like, I feel like I got everything out of it that I wanted to get out of it. I was just, I think by the end of two and a half years, it was more like I was just kind of sick of New York and being in New York than I was right. sick of like the company. Um, because I think if I'd stayed there, I would have like moved up the ranks and, you know, like everybody sure. does pretty much unless you're like really bad at your job. Um, <laughs> but I don't think I was anyway. But um, yeah, so after a couple, I was there for two and a half years and then I kind of did a total uh, 180 and made a complete lifestyle change and moved to Nashville, Tennessee. So what was the thing? <laughs> What, what was the moment where you were like, I'm leaving New York and going to Nashville? Um, I think 
think, I mean, I don't recall like one specific event that sort of made me want to move there. I just think it was like, and I think people who like live there kind of get it. Like, it's just like such a grind every day, like right. being crammed in with a million other people on the train, like at least twice a day if you're commuting, right. you know, having to do your friggin' laundry, like at a laundromat, you know, and like everything's just so expensive, like even getting to the airport, like stupid shit you wouldn't even like think of. Right. Everything is a hassle there. Mm. So I think I just got fed up with that. And I was like, I just want a better lifestyle. Like, I just want things to stop being so hard, basically. So things were like a cheaper apartment. Yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff, basically. Yeah. And I was just I was just kind of over New York. I think I was like, I had my experience. Like, it was great, but I'm kind of done with this. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then I had one of my best friends who remains my be- one of my best friends. Um, so I met her when I worked at Harper. She worked in the Echo imprint there. So they do like a lot of like literary fiction stuff. Like she worked with... Um, Oh my god, I'm gonna try to remember like Patty Smith and like Lionel Shriver, oh. who wrote uh, the Kevin book, yeah, yeah. whatever. Uh, sombrero. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she worked with a lot of like the really fancy literary authors. Anyway, but um, so she'd moved to Nashville like the year before, and she was just like, I think you'd really like it here. Like everybody's really nice. The food's really good. It's like a slower pace of life, you know. And I was like, that sounds great. So I went and visited like three times and I was finally like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to move. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like went and rented a car at LaGuardia and I packed all my shit in the car and I drove down Man. to Nashville. Yeah. Um, and I just stayed with my friend um, for like, what, till I found a job. What is the Nashville uh, equivalent of Mary Tyler Moore? Oh, uh, oh, that's a good question. Um, is it at, like Hayden Patineer? Sure. Yeah. Let's say her. Yeah. <laughs> Juliet Barnes. Yeah. I love that show. Anyway. But uh, so I lived with my friend till I found a job. Well, actually, I had like a couple temp jobs. Um, and then I started working for an evangelical Christian publisher, which in Nashville, that's like kind of the name of the game there. Right. They're like the big dog in town. So, I mean, it was definitely like, it's a very reputable, well-known publisher. Um, so yeah, I, I think that was one of the first things that you told me about and I was curious about. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it was an interesting place to work. Like I think. Having come from New York, first of all, but also having been raised Catholic, um, I sort of assumed that it was kind of the same thing as Catholicism. Like, I was just sort of like, oh, we both believe in God and Jesus, and like, it's going to be fine. It'll be the same. And it was just a very different, it was not like that at all. Um, It was not, I don't know. I don't know. I felt very, um, just like really, I don't know. Uh, What's the right word? Uh, Just alienated yeah kind of like just ostracized sort of you know and it was just because I did clearly did not believe the same things that these people did um and I think a lot of it was like a lot of people who worked there had grown up in Tennessee and stayed there their whole lives and so they were like you know from whatever and I think you know like I was kind of this like girl from New York City coming down to you know whatever wow yeah so are they like a mid-level publishing company or are they an imprint no they're a mid-level i would say okay yeah okay. so well because then they got acquired by harper uh, a few years so now they're harper okay. collins christian that, that's what yeah. i yeah yeah so but I, that happened after right? i left i oh, think okay. it was like four or five years ago um so anyway so yeah it was i would not say that it was a great experience working there i think a lot of it was because i was not christian and right. it was just like you're just going to be more comfortable working there if you believe the things that they everybody there everybody oh, there sure. believes and like that just makes sense and i will say like my boss who like i adore and who i still talk to 
um, told me like straight out, like she, you're going to have an easier time working here if you're a Christian. So she warned me. I mean, it right. wasn't like I was walking in. I mean, blind. it's not like you can just change that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. It, and like authentically. Yes, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so I was, uh, yeah, so I was there for, I think about a year, a year and a half. Uh, and I will also say I, d- I just did not like living in Nashville. I think like it was a culture shock moving there from New York. Um, and it was tough for me, the like religion, the whole Christianity, every single where place you look was really hard mm-hmm, for me too. Mm-hmm. Was um, it hot? I heard it was hot. It, yes. It's very hot. Also, I that was another thing I, I did like not like about it. Deal breaker. I mean, we live, we live in Oregon, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, that <laughs> Obviously was very, I mean, right now it's, it's pretty hot. What right is now. it? It's like 85 degrees and yeah. we're dying. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. But it's, yeah, it is. It does get very hot there. It's true. So anyway, but it was just like, there are really lovely things about the South. But it was just not a good fit for me culturally. So can I ask a question about sure. kind of how the uh, company culture was? Other, yeah. th- other than the Christianity yes. aspect, yeah. was it um, was it like a situation where it was a fast-paced office environment? Or were people – because here in Oregon at mm-hmm. our job, mm-hmm. we're pretty relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Um, our boss made banana splits today. Yeah. That was dope. It was. Um, <laughs> But I don't know. I was working there similar, or was it a little more like, yeah, cross between New York and that? Or yeah, what? I would say so. I think it, I don't think it was as buttoned up as New York, but I think it was definitely more corporate. I would say like okay. there were a lot more like there was a lot more structure. I think than where we are now. How many books per year did they do? Oh God, um, uh, approximately. Approximately, maybe like sixty. It was a lot. It That's was a, a lot. lot. And they had a bunch of imprints too. So there was, you know, there was a lot there. Um, but they also had like a big line of Bibles too. And they published oh. like different ones every year. Like I for mean, the... how do you market a Bible? That's an excellent question. I did not do marketing there. So I don't know. Wait, what were you doing? I Publicity? did foreign rights. Yes, which I'm also happy to talk about. Please talk about okay. that. Because uh, so. I, I'm also, from what I'm seeing there are certain books that we're not bringing to the Frankfurt Book Fair because yeah. they're um, specifically American yes, totally. issues. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. so I would imagine a lot of the more evangelical Christian yeah. books mm-hmm. would be not necessarily relevant to a European audience yeah. or maybe Australian. Yeah, I would say the Korean market like ate them up. Oh yeah, because they're all Presbyterians. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were a lot. I was surprised. Like I feel like it was a really educational position in the way that I sort of learned like which different markets were receptive to different titles and why. Um, so it was really, I would say out of all the jobs that I've had, like I did struggle with some of the content there just because of my personal beliefs. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But I think that it was a really interesting job. Like it was, you know, you got to travel. I mean, I got to go to the Frankfurt book fair, which was very cool. I didn't get to go to, I know, I know, I know. (laughs) And I got, I didn't get to go to London because my boss went to London, but like that would have been, but there was, you know, a lot of opportunity for like, you know, going to Poland to meet our Polish, like you know, agent or whatever. Get back to your roots. Yeah, exactly. Wait, right. you went to Poland? No, I didn't. But Aww. my boss like told me, she's like, you know, maybe someday we'll go to Poland. I was like, great. And then never happened. But, um, have you been to Poland like ever? No, I we might go next it's year. It's great. That's what I've heard. Oh, you should Everybody definitely go. It's really great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went to Krakow. Uh-huh. It was like, I, when I was studying abroad, yeah. all of the UC people would get together and oh. go on little trips and we mostly yeah. went on day trips, but we took one trip to Poland and it was mm-hmm. like a weekend. We went to Krakow and the coolest thing we did, I think I told you about this, we went to the salt mines. Yeah, you did And tell it's, me. there's all these like 
sculptures that they make mm-hmm. out of like salted earth and mm-hmm. you take like an elevator down yeah. and then there's literally an enormous ballroom with a chandelier made out of salt crystals. Ooh. It's so cool. That is very cool. But also pierogies. Oh, yes. My favorite <laughs> My favorite food. Um, but I would love to go there. Foreign anyway, rights. Yes, foreign rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it was probably, I would say, out of all the jobs I've had, that was the most interesting one. Like, if I had to do it all over and go back and be, like, 25, I would probably, like, be, like, a literary scout or something. Because a, then you're just, so you're just like, like you go to stuff. the things and yeah. look for, yeah. Right. And look for stuff that like people would be, you know, into that you think you're going to sell well and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so anyway, but yeah, so it was just, it was a really interesting job and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and my boss was really wonderful and she was just very, um, I don't know. She was like very nurturing, but she was also very much like you work independently and you do your own thing. And That's like, nice. if you need help, let me know. But otherwise like you're on your own, you know, whatever. So she was, yeah, she was great. Um, so anyway, yeah. So I was there for a year and a half. Uh, and then I don't know how personal you want me to get here. I mean, as personal you want me to get. As you super personal? Get. No, whatever so, you want. Okay. So my mom died, uh, in January of 2010 and I was still working there. Um, and it was while I was home here for the, or home in, yeah, like basically in Portland for the holidays. And, uh, so I was already pretty miserable in Nashville and I was just like, you know, this is another layer of the misery. It's probably not a place where you, you would want to deal with your, um, grief with grief yeah Yeah. exactly it was in that situation when you feel alienated already. yeah totally so it just wasn't like I had I stayed there a few more months and I was like you know this just isn't like not what I want to do and I yeah so and it's kind of one of those things too I think where one of those like tragic life events happens and like you just want to be with your family because you don't know what else to do right so I decided to move back to Portland which is where my dad and my brother were Mm -hmm. um so I moved back here uh and I was here looking for a job for a few years and that was like 2010s it was still kind of after the recession and stuff so I think it was still the job market was still really crappy right right Uh, and I think even then like in 2010 like I don't remember there being as many publishing jobs as there are now like at all I guess when I moved here or before I moved here, I mm-hmm. had this idea that Portland was this very vibrant mm-hmm. literary community. Yeah. And I think yeah. in a lot of ways it is, mm-hmm. but also that there's that glut. Yeah. Right. And right. also they, I don't know, not necessarily as amenable to a big New York publishing yeah. uh point of view yeah you're right I right. would imagine did, yeah is did you uh interview for a publishing company I didn't no I honestly I didn't, didn't even get... consider Portland because I went to school and so I went to college in Seattle mm-hmm. and I had a bunch of friends up there and I was like well I want to move to Seattle no. um except that there's no publishing in I Seattle, was gonna say do except they have for anything? Amazon like you... which does not count no. in my mind so you know <laughs> sorry but uh someday I gotta get we gotta get somebody from Amazon yeah to we talk should to. we like, should yeah I know, I know we'll just like, we should get like a Grunzled Amazon person <laughs> and then like an Amazon person who's like an apologist. Yes. Oh, yes. and then we should have them talk to each oh, other. Yeah. If anyone's Come listening to, to this who is who fits that category, please, please contact me. Because I want that to happen so bad. So do I. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but uh, so anyway, so I ended up finding a job in uh, or going to a job in San Francisco because there is like a pretty big publishing uh, industry down there. So, um, yeah, so I ended up moving there and I worked for the super really small, uh, craft book publisher there. Uh-huh. So, um, and I did marketing for them and a lot of that was like, um, going to trade shows. So I learned a lot about trade oh. show organization and event management and like all that kind of stuff, which was, I have to say, 
uh, very exhausting. I don't know that I'd want to like have that be a big part of my job again because it's, a, it's just a lot of details and you always forget something and there's always a crisis and you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, but anyway, but I think I learned, I feel like I learned a lot on that job and I definitely did a lot. Um, I worked really hard for them. So I was only there for a, like for a year or two. And then I worked for this like luxury PR agency, which right. she did some, which did some books also. So I worked oh, on like okay. a book um, from UC Press when I was there that was about like climate change. Oh. So I did like PR for them, basically for them. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so I was, let's see. And then I moved on to work at CounterPoint Press, right, right. which is in Berkeley, uh, which is a really wonderful publisher. They publish a lot of really quality literature. Um, so anyway, but it was like, it's a very small and it probably is still super small. Um, but it was a really overall, I would say it was a very positive experience. Um, I think everybody who worked there was also, I, I don't know. I feel like by and large people don't get into publishing because they want to make money. It's because right. they love books. So right. it's like usually people who, you know, work at those, especially the, like the small presses are just like, I just really love reading and I, you know, want to like devour everything I can get my hands right, on. Right. Um, and that is one thing just to go on a tangent really quickly about, yeah. like, I feel like people in publishing and this has like remained true for my entire career, no matter where I've worked pretty much. Um, like, I feel like people in publishing are especially just like funny and smart and kind of weird and just like, they're just, you know, curious people. Yeah. And I think that like really, I don't know, like, I think that kind of like sets us apart from other industries, you know, like I'm sure there are like wonderful people in every industry. But I, I don't know that because I have only been in publishing. <laughs> but I assume that there are. Um, but, yeah. But I just – I have found that, like, for just to be, like, people that I've worked with and no matter pretty much any publishing house have just been, like, really interesting, smart, funny people who I, like, have stayed – like, I'm still really, like, good friends with people. Like, I just went to the wedding of one of my friends that I met at Harper, like, 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah, so it's, like, you know – New York. That was, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, anyway, but yeah, so it's like, you know, that lends itself to long-term friendships, which that's is great. nice. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially if that's the sort of thing you value in your life. And yeah. You're not just, I mean, why would you move to, <laughs> why would you move to the uh, Bay Area? Yeah. And want to make money. And right. then go into publishing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that doesn't like... happen. It really <laughs> just does not happen. Um, so anyway, so then I was at Counterpoint for a few years and I very sadly got laid off because of the realities of the publishing industry yeah. and, uh, you know, the lack of money, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they seem to have kind of a different vibe there than a lot of other publishing companies. Mm-hmm. Don't they just move through things really quickly? You said there was something about looking for Amazon keywords or... Yeah. Well, that was at Callisto, which was like oh, the startup that I worked for. Oh. So yeah. So oh, like okay. counter, no, Counterpoint's very like old school. Kind of oh, like what you would okay. expect. I was thinking of the wrong place. Though. Yeah. 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 I remember so, you talking about that. Yeah. Other... Thing. The other thing, and so I was, I was very curious. <laughs> so, so after, in your inter- it was in your interview that you talked about. Oh, that's that. right, I did. Yeah, yes, now I remember. Yeah, I was just like, "What's it like to work in New York?" <laughs> uh, oh. we, we don't get a lot of that out in Hillsborough. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. um, so. You got laid off. Oh, yeah. So I got laid off. Uh, and then I started working for this publishing startup called Callisto Media. Which oh, okay. Is still, that was after Counterpoint. Yeah, that was okay. after Counterpoint. Okay. Yeah. So they're still going strong. And they actually have an office in New York now. 
Um, so, but when I was there, I did, mar- I was like marketing manager for them. Um, and it was a lot of like stuff I was pretty used to, like working with the authors, you know, like setting up events, like kind of like connecting, I don't know, like authors with venues, all that kind of stuff. And also do- they didn't have a publicist at the time. So I was doing kind of some PR too. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, just a very little bit. Um, so, but, uh, anyway, so I just had a contract job there that ended after three months. So I was kind of like, Oh, now what do I do? Um, so, but it was, it, I will say it was like an interesting experience. It was a very like startup environment where it was kind of like, you know, like people, like you, I sort of felt like I was working in a factory. That's what it felt like to me. That's too bad. But that's kind of their MO is like, they just pump out books. I mean, it's like, so this is like the Amazon keyword thing where it's just like, they do research on like, Oh, which Amazon keywords are like the hottest or trending or whatever and then they, and then they publish according to those topics so uh, this is part of like what I'm trying to explore with yeah. this podcast mm-hmm. is the sort of alternative ways of producing books yeah. in the new um media space mm-hmm. yeah. um so that's really interesting to mm-hmm. me. And I, did you just have like a list of writers that you would go to yes. or did well, you kind of propose it to people who you knew were experts in the area and could also write? Did yeah. you have ghost writers who would be like, here, tell me some things about this and I'll go write it for you. Like, how'd so that it work? Was, I think the way that they usually did things was that they would go out and find like a freelance writer who was very like, um, like an expert in their topic. Like mm-hmm. for example, like one of the books that I worked on when I was, there was like about the ketogenic diet. So they would find somebody like a blogger. As we drink our beers. I know, right? <laughs> um, like somebody was an expert on that and like had, but also like had a pretty big like social media platform and like all that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then they would get them to write a book. And the crazy thing about that was like the turnaround time for the book was like three or four weeks. Wow. So, which is like in publishing, you know, I mean, yeah. it usually takes like a year, if not longer to like. Well, and that's like book. one of the big things that, um, they're saying about publishing is it's too slow and it's not keeping up with the rest of what everybody does. And so, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Um, did you feel like the books, did you, I'm sure there's always a few lemons or whatever, but did you feel like there was, um, a few good books that came out of that process? Yes. I would definitely say that there were, um, I mean, they know what they're doing. They have, you know, all their data, like ducks in a row, you know, and they, you know, um, they're really successful. And was it all, um, was it all nonfiction or? Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, coming from traditional publishing, it was a really strange place to work because it felt to me like you're kind of like engineering these books sort right, of. And right. I have this very sentimental idea about <laughs> literature and about the art of writing and like the author being, you know, in a like cabin by the seaside. I don't know. Um, that's, that's how I view my retirement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so it was just very different from that. And it did feel like we were just like pumping stuff out like constantly. Um, but I will say one of my great successes while I worked there was they published this book that I believe is probably still number one under instant pot cookbooks on Amazon. That's huge. Was the instant pot cookbook. I worked on that. We love our instant pot. Do you? We love it. He makes these, um, oh gosh, what does he make? He makes like chicken. Uh Uh-huh. And it just goes with like, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. just falls apart. That's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made another good thing. Oh, no, 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 no. He makes soup because soup is my favorite thing oh, in the world. Oh, okay. He makes uh-huh. soup in the Instant Pot. Yeah. And it yeah. just goes so fast. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. So, 
they, I don't know if it still is, but when I was there, it was like far and away their number one bestseller, like by like a long margin or wide margin, because like I ended up getting in touch with the person who was like their, I think it was like their communications manager or something. And they have a Facebook group of like 60,000 people and they're all like, people are obsessed with their instant pots. Oh, like, yeah. They're super rabid about them. So I was just still, like, this is a tangent. Yeah. Do you know whether people still love crockpots as much as they used to? I don't know. Or Maybe there's the people who love inserting Is this subverting the crockpot? paradigm i don't know i don't know maybe <laughs> i feel like that's maybe that's a food podcast question I think we can go is. ask JT i don't know anything because he about listens food. to like yeah. carb base and oh all okay those. Yeah. you would know yeah mm-hmm. yeah i'll have um, to ask him when we get out of here because yeah. he's making us dinner mm, yes mm-hmm. um but uh anyway but yeah so uh so they like advertised they basically like you know, posted their instant, the instant pot cookbook on their Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And it was just like sales went through the roof. Oh my People gosh. are crazy. Cause it was like, how the, many times did they post it? They just do it like, I think it was once? just a few times, but it was like, people are, first of all, they're like super rabid, but also, um, it was like, you know, the like official instant pot, you know, thing. So it was sort of like, I think people, I mean, of course, like that gives them an air of authority. Well, oh, they're like, by, oh, we're the actual official. company. Yeah. By official, it was like you mean that the, the people who make instant pots. The, oh, okay. Yeah. So it was just like it's not some random person being like, "This cookbook is great." Like it's the people making the product being like, "This is a great cookbook." That's so a pretty big endorsement. It is. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, but yeah, and I believe it is still number one in that category. I Amazon. believe you. Cheers yeah. to that. Cheers. So, anyway. Ew. Um. But yeah, so, and then they got rid of me. <laughs> but really, I think a lot of their, because their whole shtick is like shtick. You know what I mean? It's like you, data. You can date, you can state. Say anything. Yeah. Okay. So their whole Espe- shtick. Especially shtick. Especially their, shtick. Their whole shtick razors. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, their whole thing is like data. And that's really all they care about is like, you know, um, data. So... <laughs> Shake razors, please sponsor me. <laughs> um, so anyway, but you know, well, that that clearly works because yeah, I I know that with the books that we do, you yeah. have to kind of think about how do I convince? I've been writing tip sheets all week. Yeah. How do I convince people that this is something that they want? Right, and right. this is like we've already figured out yeah, because exactly. of our data yes. that people want this, and right. we've acted accordingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, I'll give them a lot of kudos in the sense that, like, I feel like they found a space that was kind of vacant in the industry and sort of inserted themselves into it. And mm. uh, they seem to be doing really well. I don't know. I'd be curious to know, I guess, like how traditional publishers perceive them. Right. Because I know, but a lot of, you know, a lot of people that I worked with there also came from traditional publishing backgrounds. Right. Was everyone kind of baffled and walking around kind of wide-eyed? It was a lot of, I mean, it was a very like startup-y environment in that like people worked really long hours. Did you guys have ping pong tables? We did not have ping pong tables. And like ball pits. No. And... No, we had like beer on Friday. So we were talking about Callisto. We were talking about how um, traditional publishers were working there, Mm -hmm. or traditional publishing people, rather. Yes, right, right. And uh, I think they kind of just got used to it after a while. I mean, that's what I assumed. It was just like I had the perception that everybody was working really hard all the time because the deadlines were really short, and everybody was working on a bunch of projects at once. Um, and I think the, like the writers, like the freelance writers were probably super like, um, 
you know, uh, trying to meet those deadlines too. Did they get paid well? They did. They did. So they get compensated really well. It's not like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely worth their time. I mean, that's better than Fiverr. Yeah. 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 So, um, but it's just, yeah, like for me coming from traditional and also like, as I said, being sentimental about books, like it was just a very weird environment to me but that's just me I mean there are people that how's your soul exactly exactly but I think like there are people that I worked with there that are still there who obviously like enjoy it and Mm -hmm. are doing well and have been promoted and whatever so I think it just depends on you know what you what publishing I don't know I don't know I feel like sometimes it's just like books are like such a Sounds so cheesy. I'm gonna hate saying this, but no, like okay. books are like such a big part of who I am, and they're such a big part of my identity. You know that it's hard for me to just see them as like commodities. I think. Yeah. You know. Well, and, and I think that's something that's really happening, especially the people I talk to who are you know writing self-published stuff. Yeah. Is um is, uh, the fact that it's all controlled by Amazon as right. well mm-hmm. is it's being kind of raced to the bottom. Yeah. You know what they sure. say like mm-hmm. about most things involving capitalism it's like okay everyone starts doing it and then you can find anything anywhere you want yeah and basically everyone's just trying to low ball each other Mm -hmm. yeah 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 so do you think that was something that played into this kind of book or do you think you were like a few steps above that um I don't know I mean I think it's kind of something that played into that I would say um I think like you know, for a lot of people, it's like, you know, publishing is just like a living and it's just a job and it's, you know, whatever. And I think they're, I, I don't know, like, it's just like, to me, it feels like it's this very, I don't know, like personal kind of thing, you right, know, right, where right, it's right. like, and you're probably the same way, oh, you know, sure, where it's yeah. just like, I feel like it really matters to me. Like, it's just something yeah. I believe in very deeply and I think is really important. Can um, I tell you something? Yes. Um, kind of weird that yes. I never told anybody Always. hey internet hey, <laughs> hey mom um actually my mom said this um my grandmother mm-hmm. uh my mom told me that my grandmother at one point who said to her like well Emily should be working in publishing that's what she's supposed to be doing and mm-hmm. I re- like remember my mom reporting that relaying mm-hmm. that information to me and me being like oh I mean yeah theoretically that sounds kind of nice mm-hmm. and then I tried to work in like social service yeah. type stuff mm-hmm. for a while. And then I was just like, I really want to start doing more, you know, editing mm-hmm. and design. And then I was like, I, I want to work in publishing. Yeah. yeah. Grandma! <laughs> speaking to me from beyond the grave. More Catholic stuff. It's cool. Wait, um, so how old was she when she made that prediction? Oh, I mean, I don't know when she actually said it. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. Either 70s. Oh, okay. Probably early 70s. Wait, so before you were... No, 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 no. Oh. I was, I was, uh, I was alive. Oh, okay. So I was like, I <laughs> thought you meant like... like... <laughs> I mean, she was born um, on Halloween. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> Sorry. That's <laughs> but awesome. She's not, a, she's not a real witch. It was yeah. just a joke. Yeah. She's Irish. Oh, okay, but it was okay. like, we got that whole like, oh, witches mm-hmm. and like I feel like that's a lot of the reason that I have a good time in mind body spirit mm-hmm. um is because it's one of those oh we have an intuitive stripe to our yes. uh, background right. and so right. you know all the my mom and my grandma were both yep. like I'm very devout but also 
I have senses about things. Mm, yes. <laughs> Intuition. So, so grandma was right. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. I love your grandma. Yeah. She's R.I.P. Wait, she's still R.I.P. Oh, she has passed away. Okay. R.I.P. I was gonna peace. say we should have her on the podcast. Oh my god. I love how I'm talking well, like I'm I your mean, co-host. We could have a seance and <laughs> yeah. then she'd get mad at me for having a seance oh. and she'd come and she'd be on the Ouija board, like, why are you on a Ouija board? You're going to attract demons. No, no. That would be what would happen. So wherever so, you are, Grandma, thank you. Yes. For your predictions. Yes. I thank you as well. Because <laughs> now we're interesting publishing friends. That's right. Yeah. 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 So uh-huh. you got done at Callisto. Mm-hmm. You came back up here, right? I did. I had a job for a few months. I worked actually for this very cool company that was like um like kind of like a film collective in San Francisco. I don't like, think you've told me about that. Oh yeah, I did. Um Oh, you did tell me. I maybe oh. no no no. I mean, <laughs> I'm, you just don't I'm listen. Sorry, I can't remember anything <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> um, no, so but I, uh, yeah, I did work. <laughs> I'm not making this up. Um, I believe you. <laughs> but they did a lot of. It was like a nonprofit, so they did a lot of work with like um, I don't know, like uh, what's the uh, like refugee like centers and stuff like oh, that okay. so yeah, they yeah, do yeah. a lot of like asylum I, seekers kind of yeah so they okay. did like a project with them but they did a lot of like different but random these were stuff. documentary films? kind of yeah basically so like when i was there like the biggest thing i did there was like there was this man who was like god bless him like 90 years old hey. and there was this film they made about how he i think it was during yeah it was during world war ii and it was the potsdam conference so it was like mm, truman stalin and oh, Churchill. That's yeah. right. So he... Was he there? Uh, yeah, he was there. And Ooh. he was like part of the entertainment. So he was oh. a violinist. Oh, so he okay. played a violin concerto or whatever for them. So they made a documentary about this guy, basically. Um, and oh, I should also say that Mickey Rooney was part of that band. So that was kind of cool. So he just kind of like danced around out in front. And yeah. And like made Pretty weird much. noises. Yeah. That okay. was more or less. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, but there's a documentary about him. Um, so, and there was like a, it was like some sort of film. It was like a Jewish film festival I was, while I was there that was like doing this big showing of the movie and stuff. So I had to organize, you know, like the event before that and the showing and all this kind of stuff and whatever. Um, but it was really cool. But I got to like drive him, the 90 year old guy and his wife down to like, I think it was in San Jose or something. And he was very sweet and like he played he played like during the um or while like you were driving the, in the car. No, he for you? Okay. but he played like during like after after the documentary <laughs> he played um and it was I mean he's like ninety years old and he's still like no I mean he practices like every day and he just yeah I felt very awesome. inadequate after like seeing him like being a ninety year old man playing the violin every day anyway but I mean um, I feel like people who play violin are a special breed of people who are very devoted to their art. Yes, totally agree. Um, So anyway, yeah, so like that was one event and there were other like various events that I did that I'm of course blanking on now, but it was a very cool place to work and I feel like the people who were like working there were like super passionate about what they did. It was like a nonprofit, so again, nobody's making any money, obviously. So Well, I mean, that's an important story to be Yeah, absolutely. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And they did a lot of kind of like community outreach work and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, but anyway, so then I worked there for a few months and I was kind of like, you know what? I can't really afford to live in the Bay Area anymore. Yeah, nobody can. Yeah, it's just, 
it's like prohibited prohibitively expensive like living there anymore it's just like unless you work in tech and you make like even well i guess like people who make six-figure salaries can't afford to live there well, so barely. god yeah exactly yeah. And these are people who are consultants right and stuff right. like that and, yeah and, yeah i mean i feel like that's what we're turning into yeah. in portland already yeah totally so yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. So I will say like I did really love, so I lived in Oakland, which I loved. Um, I, San Francisco, I was kind of like eh on because I felt like the character of the city was probably very different from the way that I had thought that it was going to be. So I moved there in 2012 when I'm sure like the tech bros had already started taking over. So it was a very like different from what I was expecting, but Oakland was still a very kind of like down to earth and normal and just like regular people live there, you know, and you didn't have to have a million dollars to buy a condo or whatever. So Um, but anyway, so I was there for five years and then I moved back up here, uh, because my dad lives here, Mm -hmm. but also because I really love the Northwest. Uh, and like, I go, you know, like I lived in Seattle, I went to college in Seattle and I lived there for a while afterwards. And it's just like probably my, one of my favorite places in the world, in the country for sure. It's my favorite place in the country for sure. Um, so it just feels very much like home to me. So I was kind of like, well, I'm going to go back there. Um, so anyway, so yeah, and then uh, I interviewed for a couple different jobs, and I got this job. Yeah, and uh, I like it. Yeah, like yeah. you know, I'd never worked on mind, body, spirit titles before, uh, so I feel like it was kind of like a little bit of a learning curve, like learning right. like what the audience is into, like what they respond to, what they buy. But um, I mean, I feel like it's an education every day. Uh, but it's interesting. And I think that like, you know, most of the authors I work with are really like kind people who really care and like want to help other people, right. which I think is like very commendable. Um, so yeah. And I get to work with Emily, which Yay! is clearly the best part of my job I make by it a fun. long shot. She I does. Make it fun. She makes it super fun. Um, <laughs> oh, so. I forgot to say, which I probably will say in the bumper, yeah. but like, yeah. Corinne is the marketing coordinator yes, I am. for Beyond Words. Yes, I am. And we are saying the name of the place where we work because all you have to do is Google me yeah. to know where I work. Right. So Right. So why fine. not? Go I was going to say what might be sort of interesting to talk about is uh, maybe how uh, we both got like interested in mind, body, spirit stuff and like why we're in mind body spirit publishing or no well i mean i think we're both in mind body spirit publishing because we wanted to live in portland and have a job yeah i mean that's true (laughs) (laughs) but i think Uh that might be something for a future episode oh okay all right then we'll save it because i feel like we could talk a lot we could definitely talk way out that's true that's true yeah yeah anyway corinne come back oh i certainly will this has been (laughs) a pleasure a pleasure and a half all right okay Okay, we're done. Okay.